Pint Glass Football Podcast is presented by Better Edge, giving the edge back to the betters with no fee sports betting. At betteredge.com, you, not the books, set the price of betting lines so you can make bank with no VIG or sportsbook fees. Better Edge is available in 45 states for real money sports betting. Create an account and use code PGF for $10 on your first order. Play the game without getting played at betteredge.com. Welcome to the Pint Glass Football Podcast. This is Pint Glass Football. Drink beer, talk football. If you're new to the show, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Follow on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at PGF Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Fowler, and McKenzie Brewing is the official beer of Pint Glass Football. Follow them at McKenzie Brewing and McKenziebrewing.com to check out their lineup of award-winning craft beers. Got a great show today, PGF Nation. We're at the mid-season mark in the NFL, so we're going to revisit our NFL division predictions that we made before the season started. We're going to pick the top five rookies so far, preview the NFL Thursday night football game, talk about a shocking upset in college football, and pick our top five college football players this season as well. We'll give out this week's NFL game balls and college football helmet stickers, and we'll end the show with our pick six segment where we'll pick our six best bets of the week ahead. Excited to be joined by radio and podcast legend, my co-host, Tyrone Powell. What is up, Ty? Nothing much doing all right for another week of football talk. Can't wait to entertain the people and the masses around the world that have been enjoying what we've been doing week by week and game by game. Yeah, you're right, Ty. PGF Nation, we love you guys. Thanks for checking out the show again, like always. We're at the midseason in the NFL. It's crazy, Ty. The weeks have just been flying by, but here we are. And I wanted to take a look back at our division predictions that we did before the season started and kind of see where we thought teams would be and where they are now. I thought it'd be a fun thing to go through, Ty. When I went back and listened to what we did, We kicked it off, Ty, and you had, before we did any division predictions, you picked the Bucs to win the Super Bowl this year. So I want to address that first. Are they still your pick to win it this season? They are still sitting comfortably in the NFC. Not not to say that they didn't just go through a barrage of losses. They will have Tom Brady, the best quarterback that we've ever seen play this sport. And uh, the cast that they also have to support them, even though they've been in and out due to either COVID or injury, but I feel like they'll probably humbly get healthy at the right time and be able to attack the month of December the correct way. I feel like they're at least top three or top five within the NFC as for now. I think they could contend and make it interesting. I think they can be beaten, but that's what makes the game exciting. Yeah, it's a great call, Ty. And they've lost two straight. They haven't looked very good these last couple of weeks, but I'm certainly not giving up on them. I still think they're a team that's a Super Bowl contender, certainly. They do have a lot of guys that have been injured this year. They've missed a lot of time. They haven't really been at full strength, and they still have put together a really nice year. If they can bring it all together, like you said, at the right time here in these next couple of weeks, they still could be really dangerous. But let's start in the AFC East. Ty, you took the Bills. I want to know first, before we get into these teams in the AFC East, do you still like the Bills to win this division? 
The only team that threatens them is, as usual, the Patriots. But right now, I feel like the lead that they have is somewhat comfortable unless they start losing a string of games again and then the Patriots could actually jump them. The Patriots have had success. I did not see Mac Jones coming out the gun this good, but it's actually turning out for the better for Foxborough, Massachusetts. But I still think Josh Allen with the actual receiving core is what's going to get them over the hump. The one question I have is still that running game. I don't know what management is up to. If they're going to go out there and get a running back, Le'Veon Bell just got released so they could try and get a running back of his caliber. But if they're just going to leave it all on the arm of Josh Allen, I wonder how far this can get them. But right now, I still am with the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, Ty, and if you recall, I said on that podcast episode, I said the Patriots were going to shock the world and win this division and go 11-6. and six. I had the Bills also go in 11-6, but I gave the tiebreaker to the Patriots. I thought it would come down to the wire between these two teams. Currently, the Bills are in first place at 6-3, and three, and the Patriots are in second place at 6-4. and four. The Bills are 2-2 two two in their last four games. The Patriots are 4-0 and in their last four games. They play each other twice in December. Those are going to be big-time matchups. They're both coming off big blowout wins. The Patriots 45-7 over the Browns last week, and the Bills 45-17 over the Jets. Just to take a quick look at the rest of these teams here, the Jets are a dumpster fire, Ty. We know they're not competing for this division. They're 2-7. and seven. Rookie quarterback Zach Wilson hasn't played since week five. He was terrible before he got injured, so they really have not gone anywhere. It's been a disappointing season for the Jets. You look at the Dolphins, they really aren't much better. Even with back-to-back wins, they're still only 3-7. and seven. They clearly don't believe in Tua as their future. Otherwise, there wouldn't have been so many reports before the trade deadline about trying to acquire Deshaun Watson. That franchise has got to be one of the most disappointing teams in the NFL this year. I really thought that they were onto something last season, but they have fallen apart. The Dolphins, I don't, I don't know what they're going to do because they're going to end up losing their coach. I think management may end up pulling the trigger on Flores. I don't want to see that happen. It, it's a terrible scenario to watch how they don't really have a quarterback that they could lean on, whether it's Brissett or Tua. This Dolphin team could actually be better if they had a consistent leader, and it's more or less banking on their defense defense to try to carry them and it's only so much a defense could give up or will game after game because they're going to get tired and worn out by season's end the Jets scenario to look at that in a, in a nutshell is they put so much on the shoulders of Zach Wilson and I get it he was good in college but as much weight as they're putting on a quarterback of his caliber into an organization that has not been out of the woods for quite some time is tough so I don't feel like it's fair to Zach Wilson I feel like they need to get him more weapons more time so we'll see how far the Jets go but I think both of those teams being the Jets and the Dolphins I think it's looking upon like next year or two-year window before we start to see some credible movement yeah they've both kind of been disappointed disappointing when you look at those two teams especially the Dolphins like I said I think a lot of people thought that they were a legit playoff caliber team this year and they're clearly not going to get there but the Jets are a team that I felt like had made some really nice moves in the offseason I thought they had a really nice draft they had added some nice pieces and I thought this was a team that could be moving in the right direction with a new head coach and a new rookie quarterback but it just has not worked out they have not looked very good at all so disappointing for them 
So let's shift gears here, Ty, to the AFC South. Now, you picked the Tennessee Titans, and you also stated you thought they would be a top five offense in the league. I also picked the Tennessee Titans in this division. We both picked the Colts to finish second, but we both also had questions about Carson Wentz. The Colts are five and five after a slow start. They've won four of five, but I don't see them catching up to Tennessee at this point. We both thought the Jags and the Texans had too many holes on their rosters to really compete. This has really played out so far. I'm just mad that Derrick Henry is not there to help seal the deal for this offense the way that they've been doing this. Titans at this point is one of the best teams in the league, and I would have never thought this would be a part of the discussion. The way that they've been able to handle business, not only at home, but also on the road, even dealing with adversity. They have one big bad blemish, and that's the win that the Jets put up against them. Other than that, the uh, Titans have been taking care of business. Um, The Titans are the criminals of the AFC until somebody stops them. I really don't know if anybody can lock them up. Ty, the Titans could be one of the biggest surprises in the NFL right now with a three-way tie for the best record in the NFL at 8-2. and two. Now, we picked them to win this division, but I really saw them as a team that would be good in a bad division. But they've been one of the best teams in the NFL, like you said. It's been really shocking, especially winning these past two weeks without Derrick Henry. The defense is playing better, especially the pass rush. That's top five in sacks in the NFL right now. I definitely did not see that coming. They have the Texans twice, the Dolphins, and the Jaguars still on their schedule. So it's a pretty light schedule going forward. And like I said, even though the Colts are playing better, I think they're going to pull away and win this division easily. They don't lose in their next two games. This is all theirs. I don't think the Colts will catch them. I just really think, especially the way that they looked when they played each other in Indianapolis, they were making Carson Wentz throw left-handed passes, which turned into pick sixes. So I feel like there's a lot that has to happen in Indy before this thing turns around. I think this is their division for the taking. Ryan Tannehill is actually somewhat proving me wrong, even though he's not having gaudy stats, but he's winning games. Yeah, you're right. I thought Tannehill would totally fall apart when they lost Derrick Henry, but I got to give him credit too, Ty. He's really played well, and he's really kept this team afloat. I want to touch on the bottom of this division really quick, Ty. The Texans, quite frankly, are the worst roster in the NFL right now. It's unfortunate what's happened with them. The whole Deshaun Watson thing is its own ordeal. But Bill O'Brien just really stripped this roster bare. They've had some bad drafts. They've gotten rid of some of their best players, and it's just been a mess. They really haven't been competitive this year. They've had a couple close games and one win in week one, but they're terrible, and I think there's no doubt they're going to be picking first overall or second at best. The Jaguars, nobody thought was going to be good this year. Don't get me wrong, but Trevor Lawrence was supposed to be a better version of Justin Herbert And it's clear that it's not even close to what Herbert was doing as a rookie. Urban Meyer will be back in college football next season. I'm calling it right now, Ty. I don't think so. Uh, If he could get more wins, that was a big win that they had up against Buffalo. We'll see. I I feel like this is still a work in progress. They they came into this season injured. There was no ATN to actually start this season. Now, you don't want to go from one coach to the next coach while you got a rookie quarterback that has to make change. And he's actually been turning the ball over quite a bit. The Texans situation, they've made their bed. They're going to have to sleep in it. The crazy part is is they watched Bill O'Brien terrorize this team, and they're stuck in the aftermath of that. And now they have all types of players that have left or been disgruntled. Yeah, it's ugly. It's really ugly just all the way around, no doubt about it. And 
I definitely am not giving up on Trevor Lawrence by any means. But the point I was making about him is he hasn't lived up to the hype. I mean, this was one of the highest rated rookie quarterbacks ever coming out of the draft. People thought that he could be a all-time great, and he still might be. Don't get me wrong. There's been a lot of guys who don't light the world on fire their first year and still have Hall of Fame-level careers. And I think he certainly has the potential to do that. He's a very talented player. He's flashed some talent this year for sure. But it hasn't been what we've expected from him, that's for sure. I want to shift here, Ty, to the AFC North. Ty, you picked the Baltimore Ravens to win this division. They're in first place right now. Do you think they're still the favorite to win this? It's funny because I just spoke about Le'Veon Bell being released. So it's really Devontae Freeman and the other running backs that are behind him to help carry this thing. I'm a big Mark Andrews fan. He's always been the guy to go to. Hollywood Brown has actually been putting up good yardage this year, receiving the ball, and Duvernay has actually been excelling well. I think it's more or less along his defense to be as stout as they possibly can because his offense has not only been uh, putting yardage up, they're actually scoring a little bit. But they're coming off a real bad loss up against the Dolphins down there in Miami. Uh, I think they could survive it as best as possible uh, as long as Lamar gets back to his old tactics and try to uh, get this MVP back in Baltimore because uh, he's up to his old tricks. With Derrick Henry falling out, I feel like this is M- anybody's award. Lamar has to keep his eyes on the prize and not only win this division, but actually try to be the MVP that he once was years ago. Yeah, he's having an amazing season. We've talked a lot about him on the podcast. He's really carried this Ravens team because I look at this team. They've got some nice pieces. They've got a great coach and a great quarterback, but it just doesn't feel like a complete roster. Still feels like there's a lot of holes on this team. I'm not sure how much of a playoff run they're going to be able to go on, but as long as he's got that Superman cape on, they're still a dangerous team week in and week out. I was going to pick them to win this division, But then they got hit with all those injuries, some of which you just talked about in the preseason, and it felt like they were just going to have too much to overcome, especially with the running backs. And so at the last minute, I switched my pick to the Cleveland Browns. I picked them both to finish 11 and 6. I had the tiebreaker going to the Browns. I thought that it would be between those two teams. Wow, was I wrong about Cleveland, Ty. This team is really not looking anything like a contender. I know they're only a couple games back, but they have really not been very impressive at all. When I look at the Cleveland Browns, they've got easily the best roster in this division. I don't think it's even debatable. And here they are at the bottom of the division. That tells you everything you need to know about Baker Mayfield. Now it's Baker's show or bust. They're going to have to believe in this, uh, especially with the way that his contract is looking. They had a sharp play, start of play, if you will, when Odell left. I want to see if they can continue it. But the way that they looked in Massachusetts, it looked horrible. They took him out. They said that they could have put him back in if they, if they needed to. I think the damage is done. I think once they get a quality name that they can go with, the Browns will move on away from him. But right now, they're stuck in bed with him. Um, but their running game has been saving them week in and week out. I don't think Baker can actually carry this team on his arm to get them to not only win the division, but at least compete uh, within the playoff realm. Yeah, Ty, they're five and five, last place in the division. This is a team that people were saying could finish in the top three in the AFC. People thought they were a legit Super Bowl contender. A lot of media analysts, a lot of writers had picked them to be a Super Bowl team. They don't look anywhere close to that. And really, I don't blame them for picking them because, like I said, this roster is loaded and they added a ton of big time free agents. They had a really nice draft. 
and they still are very average. And I just can't get away from the fact that it's Baker Mayfield. And it's time for Browns fans to realize that this team has a ceiling as long as he's under center. Now, I want to shift to the other two teams in this division tie. The Bengals, after a 5-2 and two start, they have lost two straight. They've really come back down to earth. Now, I think they're having a nice season overall. I think they've surpassed a lot of people's expectations as far as being competitive. you got to love what you've seen from Joe Burrow. Jamar Chase has been a huge addition, the first-round draft pick. I think they're moving in the right direction. The one thing about them is that they have to recover or the old spells of the, how the Bengals operate will come back around. I know that they have a bunch of youth there, but the way that they've been able to compete in the first portion of the season has been great. But the one thing about the Bengals, they've taken some bad losses, including the way that they lost to the Jets is, is, is a head scratcher. The Jets are actually playing a lot of these good teams well, and uh, the Bengals are one of the teams that faltered uh, in front of them. So I, I don't know if I truly trust them, but they are a sight to see. They do have big play capability, especially with Burrow and Chase connecting, being the LSU Tigers that they are. But right now we have to wait and see at least another two to four weeks to see if the Bengals are fool's gold or if they're a diamond in the rough. Yeah, I think they might be a little in between, Ty. I think they're a good up-and-coming team. I think they're building something. I just don't think they're quite ready for the bright light, so to speak. And the other team, Ty, is the Pittsburgh Steelers. We both thought on the division prediction podcast that we alluding to in this episode, we both said that we thought people were really sleeping on Pittsburgh. And if it were not for Ben Roethlisberger being out last week with COVID, they were a nine-point favorite over the Lions, but ended up with a tie. They sit in second place, could have made a big jump there with a win, but they're one game behind the Ravens, who are 6-3. and three. They're coming off of an ugly loss to the Dolphins. Pittsburgh's right here in the mix, though. This division, we said it was going to be deep. We said it was going to be a black and blue division, but the team that everyone buried, Ty, we said would be more competitive than people thought, and they have been after a slow start. Pittsburgh's been right back in the mix. We just have to see if Ben could actually help this team get back to where they need to be. I mean, they are above 500 right now, but nevertheless, the Steelers have that never-say-die attitude. And the one thing about it is I just have to look at their leader and Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin's been able to guide this team as best as he possibly could. Getting a Super Bowl, having these guys playoff ready almost on every season that's gone by. He never had a losing season there, too. So I have to give a ton of credit to a guy that's been able to keep this team's morale together, whether it's been aging and not looking like the guy that we once remember or the issues that they had in their running running back core from seasons past and now build, building off of a rookie that's been able to be a splash out of Alabama and Najee Harris. I want to shift, Ty, here to the AFC West. Ty, you picked the Kansas City Chiefs. But you also liked the Raiders to finish second in the division and make the wild card. How do you feel about your pick today? I'm feeling really good. The Chiefs are actually making me look good now. However, the Raiders situation is bad and is spiraling downward. I did not think that we would have news that came out about not only their head coach, but having a player that's been removed due to a vicious uh, car accident. And we also have another player that's a part of the defensive cavalry that has actually been removed from or released from the team due to senseless behavior. I don't know if the Raiders can hang on. They just lost their big matchup this week with the Chiefs. The Chiefs have actually regained strength within this division. Uh, if the Raiders could turn this thing around and hang on, it'd be great, but they do not have a promising remainder of the schedule, including them having to go to Dallas on Thanksgiving. I think that's another loss 
Yeah, Ty, and I picked the Kansas City Chiefs as well. They felt like the heavy favorites, of course, a team that's represented the AFC several years in a row here. But I said I liked the Chargers to compete for this division. I thought that they were a team people were kind of sleeping on. They've been pretty good. They've fallen back a little bit after a hot start, but they're a team that's clearly been really competitive, and they're right there in the mix. The Chiefs have been fascinating. We've talked about them. They really were in a funk there for several weeks in a row. They just did not look anything like that team that we expected. Last week, it felt like they flipped the switch, though. Mahomes in this offense really lit it up. You talked about it. They just blew away the Raiders and started to look like the team we thought they would be at the beginning of the year. And after that really rough start, here they are all the way back up into first place, three straight wins and are six and four after two shaky wins, the two weeks prior two wins that really didn't look like they should have won and a blowout loss to the Titans three weeks ago. Like I said, this offense and this team seems like it's really found its groove. They're suddenly looking dangerous the Chargers are in second place right now. I talked about them. They've been really good. They've had some really nice wins this year. They've had a couple close losses, but they're in the mix. You talked about the Raiders. They have lost two straight and are now 5-4 and four after a 3-0 and start. You touched on it, though, Ty. It just feels like the wheels are coming off for this Vegas team, and a lot of it, unfortunately, is off-the-field stuff. Feel really bad for Raider Nation because this team looked like it had a lot of promise. It looked like they were going to be a wild card type of team, but I just don't see it now. And it's kind of unfortunate for them. And after a shocking win over the Cowboys a couple weeks ago, the Broncos got pummeled by a really mediocre Eagles team. They're certainly not in the mix. It feels like Kansas City and L.A. are really the contenders out West. Right, and and knowing that they did put up a big performance up against Dallas, it's like, which way did they turn this wheel? Like, why would you turn into the divider? Um, You had an unfortunate situation where in, within this game, Teddy Bridgewater looked bad, where he could have broke up a touchdown that was given by the defense, and uh, they couldn't catch up to Slay. Slay got to the house and scored a touchdown. So I don't know what's going on in Denver. It, it's looking bad. I really look at the same situation when the, the Denver Broncos actually played the Ravens in Denver. The Ravens ran a play at the end of the game where they needed a certain amount of yardage to keep uh, their streak going, and Fangio got mad. And it's like, Fangio, what are you going to do to rewrite this situation? Do not cry about what happened, because if you had a strong enough defense, you could have stopped it. You went in Dallas and actually played great defense. Everybody's back on your side, and you fall asleep up against the Philadelphia Eagle team that's actually struggling at this point. I don't get it. I don't understand their inconsistencies, especially the way they started this season. They fell apart, and I don't know if it's more or less coaching or the way that the team is structured, but the team has a great offense of the pieces that we can name that have actually been doing well within this season, but it's not really showing week after week. Yeah, Ty, I'm glad you touched on something here with the Teddy Bridgewater lack of effort, I'll say, on that tackle attempt or lack of an attempt, I should say. That was bad, man. That was really bad. It was all over social media. He was getting blasted. People are saying that he quit on his team. I just don't know how you don't put forth a better effort than that. I mean, he clearly wanted no part of trying to make a stop there, and it would be really hard to sit in a locker room with a guy like that after a situation like that. Football is a game played with passion and energy and effort, and he didn't give any of those things. So, yeah, that was that was ugly. That was really ugly, man. Didn't sit well, I'm sure, with his fans, the coach, and, and everybody else, especially for a team 
that, like I said, got beat badly by a team that's really pretty average. So they really came back down to earth after riding high. I want to shift here, Ty, to the NFC East. Ty, you picked the Dallas Cowboys, and you said on the podcast they should be 12 or more wins this year. It looks like they're on pace for a total like that, Ty. They've had a really nice year. What do you think about that pick and that prediction? The way they looked against Denver, the team that we just spoke about, is questioning to me, but I still feel like if they're getting healthy, this offensive line stays packed. I think that they can still keep my word true. Yeah, Ty, I also picked the Dallas Cowboys on our prediction episode, and I said they have to win this division, but not only win it, I said they need to make noise in the playoffs or McCarthy is going to be gone. I said 11 or 12 wins is the minimum this year. They can't just be satisfied with a division title in a bad division, no less, where they're clearly were the heavy favorite and then go to the playoffs and get pummeled by someone or lose in the first round. That is not going to do it this year. There's too much talent on this team. They're way too good for them to go out like that. So they're having a nice year. They're putting together a really nice season. They look like a team right now that I think could contend in the NFC. Push come to shove here. We're going to have to see what they do. I said on that episode, they have a clear-cut roster edge in this division. That still holds true. All three other NFC East teams are really in rebuild mode at this point. You look at Washington, they're about what I thought they'd be, Ty, without a real quarterback under center. They're three and six, not really in the mix. I think their defense has been a little bit disappointing. Even though they've played better these last couple of weeks, they haven't lived up to what people thought. Now we find out that Chase Young, the star defensive end pass rusher, is out for the rest of the year with an ACL. So that adds insult to injury for them. What are your thoughts on the rest of the division? It looks like the Cowboys are going to kind of run away with this here, but what do you make of the rest of the division and what they've done so far? Watch out for the Giants. The Giants are probably going to come out in second place to me. They have a good string of games where they could probably pick up some wins also. The football team has come off a big win up against Tampa Bay. I, I really feel like they could try to make this thing turn around, and Philly's coming off of a big win in Denver. So with them all being under 500, fighting their way through, I feel like they can actually make this interesting, but I feel like Dallas done too much damage with all of the pieces that they have within the Calvary. But uh, it'll be interesting to see who fights for second place within that division. Yeah, Ty, the Eagles are better than I expected. They were a team that I thought would be picking in the top three, maybe even the top pick in the draft. I really did not have any hope for them at all. But they're they're far from being a good football team, but they're, like I said, they're better than I thought. Jalen Hurts is what I thought he would be, though. And that's why I didn't have a lot of hope for this team. He's completing less than 60% of his passes in the last five games. I'm sorry, Eagles fans, but he's just not the long-term answer at quarterback. I mean, we'll see on how the quarterback position plays out for this uh, this team. Uh, the, right now, they have to stick with him because I don't see any quality quarterbacks coming out of the draft to come save them. So, I mean, they're, they're stuck with the guy that they have at this point in time. Yeah, Ty, it looks like a weak quarterback class. It'll be interesting to see where they select in this draft and what direction they go. But I wanted to touch on the Giants. I like what you said about them maybe making a push here. The Giants really, though, have been one of the most disappointing teams in the NFC this year. This was a team that won five of their last eight games last season. They looked like they were ready to make a jump. But then Saquon Barkley, once again, can't stay healthy offensive line is still terrible they haven't been able to figure that out they've lost two heartbreakers 
on field goals in weeks two and three that put them behind the eight ball. They've won two of their last three. They're playing some better football lately. Quite frankly, should have beat the Chiefs. We talked about that a couple weeks ago on Monday Night Football. If not for a costly penalty late in that game, they probably do win that game. But I like what you're saying about the the Giants because I do think even though it hasn't looked great on paper, I think this is a team that's starting to come together here. I just feel like there's still a lot of holes that they need to address in the offseason. All right, Ty, let's shift to the NFC West. You picked the Arizona Cardinals. You had the Rams finishing second, and you were really down on Seattle, a team that you were able to see in the preseason live before we recorded that episode. I think you're feeling pretty good about your picks right now, Ty. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that you're liking those picks quite a bit. I'm just happy that the Cardinals didn't make me look bad, even though they're coming off a, a pretty bad loss recently. Um, they're still able to hold on as, as best as possible to one of the better teams within the entire NFL. And uh, once Kyler gets back and once DeAndre Hopkins feels better, I feel like they'll be that much potent. But as of right now, I, I did not expect this type of bloom out of this team, but they are playing every team with a bang across the board and the bad part about all of this is is J.J. Watt is out for the season which is probably their biggest piece or one of the biggest pieces on their defense I picked the 49ers to win this division but I really flipped a coin between them and the LA Rams I thought those were going to be the class of this division it really hasn't panned out for me in that regard I thought that you had one of the boldest offseason calls I've heard, which was the Arizona Cardinals. We talked about it then. This was a team that basically nobody was picking to win the division. Everyone had them pick third or fourth in this division. I thought it was a really bold take, but it's really panned out well. They're 8-2. and They're tied for the best record in the NFL. But they've now lost two of their last three. Kyler Murray is hurt again. And this was my biggest concern about him coming out of Oklahoma. He is tiny by NFL standards, and he loves to scramble. I questioned if he could survive physically in the NFL. I always liked the talent. I liked his arm talent. I thought he checked all the boxes for being able to be an NFL quarterback, except the size and the durability I thought could be a concern. And this, again, is starting to pan out, unfortunately, for Cardinals fans. Looking at the Niners, the team that I picked, They're now four and five after a big blowout win versus the Rams. I mean, they destroyed the Rams. That was on Monday Night Football. They finally looked like the team that I expected, Ty. They've dealt with a lot of key injuries. Just like last season, they've really gotten bit by the injury bug, but they're playing pretty good football now. I'm just wondering if it's too little too late. The bad thing about the Rams, and I didn't want this to happen, is is now we're starting to see the Matthew Stafford that we've seen for years. But all of the teams that they have beaten are teams that are under 500, in which that record still remains around Matthew Stafford, that teams that are above 500 football are good teams that they're going up against. He's like 17 and 60-something. It's like a ridiculous number that will never escape him. And I get it. A lot of people try to pin this to Detroit. But it was also his quarterback play that had something to do with it. And if you've seen it, the past two games, he's thrown four interceptions, two of which were picked sixes, one in each game. So once he's playing stronger teams, the teams that know him a great deal, he's been turning the ball over. It has to turn over some way, somehow. They have a bye week this week. The week after that, they go to Green Bay. If he can win that game in Green Bay up against Aaron Rodgers, the story or the narrative shouldn't change. But right now, with Robert Woods being out for the season, 
this can actually turn bad. Yeah, the Rams are seven and three, but they've lost two straight. And you touched on it. They lost Robert Woods to an injury. He was a really underrated player, a guy who really did it all for them, a very good blocker in the run game. Never got enough love for that. They signed OBJ and Von Miller to the defensive side of the ball. Maybe those additions get them back on track, but it hasn't looked good recently. Seattle, they're three and six. They have no shot at the division or the playoffs. They've missed on so many draft picks the past couple of years. It's really starting to show. Russell Wilson is great. We know that. And he has a couple nice wide receivers. But outside of that, this team has a ton of holes. The, the Seattle situation itself, more or less, we're waiting to see where Russell comes back and looks like the wild part about it is that they brought, I feel like they rushed him back, uh, especially due to shutout in Green Bay. They shouldn't have did that, especially where there's snow. Like you, you're risking him to come back and this is your organization or franchise player, but this is your quarterback. I feel like the Seahawks are actually trying to like salvage the season as best as possible. Yeah, it's really come off the rails up there in the Northwest. Ty, I want to shift to the NFC North. Ty, you picked the Green Bay Packers to win the division. I also picked the Green Bay Packers and said, I think that this is a 13 or 14 win team. We talked about how bad the rest of the division was and the Packers should run away with it. That's exactly what they've done. They're eight and two. They're tied for the best record in the NFL with the tiebreaker over Arizona, which is big. And the Packers are a really complete football team right now, Ty, with a quarterback who's playing like an MVP again. The one thing that I have to say about what the Packers are able to do, and I know everybody's still up in arms about Aaron Rodgers and myself included, their running back Aaron Jones is going down with the MCL sprain. Uh, they're saying that this could be a two-week window. I'm wishing him the best of health, uh, but they have to survive with A.J. Dillon. I think he's a good quality backup for him at the end of the day, but for the receiver core that they do have, they still have Devontae Adams, who I think is probably top one or two receiver in the league that can make the difference for him, get things going. Um, I mean, they've also lost Tanya for the season, but I think it's it's Super Bowl or bust for the Packers. Yeah, I think you're right, Ty. I think it certainly is, and they're going to be in the mix again for sure. I want to touch on the rest of this division really quickly. The Lions are 0-8-1 now after that tie versus the Steelers that we talked about. This is a team that plays hard, but they just have too many holes. The roster has too many holes. They just have a lack of talent on most Sundays. They're one of a few teams that I think are going to look back and regret passing on Mac Jones and Justin Fields in the draft. Fields is still a work in progress, but he's really flashed some talent, and Mac Jones might just be the offensive rookie of the year. This is one of those drafts that it could back come back to haunt them, Ty. The Mac Jones situation is looking good because of the system that he's in. I think he would have struggled coming out of the gate if he went to any other team. I didn't really think that Jared Goff would be that far off of a quarterback or of dismissal of watching Matthew Stafford leave, but it was tough to watch him in Pittsburgh not make a throw, and they're blaming it on an oblique. I'm hoping that it really is an oblique situation and not just a mental situation. They have to do something, and the Firestone and Ford family could care less on how this football team looks. They sell cars and tires. Yeah, Ty, it's well put. I think it's spot on. I think Jared Goff's been a big disappointment. We knew he wasn't as talented as Matt Stafford, but being a veteran quarterback who's played at a high level in the past, I think Lions fans were at least hopeful that he could get them to be a competitive team, but they just haven't been able to get it done. Looking at the Vikings, they are exactly who I thought they'd be. They're just like their quarterback, Ty. They're average at best. They're four and five, really no shot at this division. They have the Packers twice. 
the Niners, Rams, and Steelers still on their schedule. They're going to be lucky to get to eight wins. Looking at the Bears, they have so many holes. The O-line is horrible. The secondary is bad. The wide receivers are good. They're not great. The running back, David Montgomery, is pretty good. He's missed some time due to injury. All right, Ty, to wrap it up here with the division breakdowns, the NFC South, Ty, you picked the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They were your Super Bowl pick, of course. I also picked the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but I did think that the Saints could be a wild card and would be better than people thought. After a 6-1 and one start, the Bucs have lost two straight, including a loss to a backup quarterback in New Orleans. And last week versus then 2-6 and six Washington, a team that has the 30th ranked passing defense and Brady struggled versus that team with two picks and only 220 yards passing. That was a shocking outcome. I just want to be fair that they're down a lot of pieces uh, due to COVID or uh, injury right now. When they're at full strength, this is something that a lot of teams have to worry about moving forward. But still, yet they still have Tom Brady on their side. And uh, I feel like a lot of the players that they do have weren't given a shot legitly in the game to make a difference. I want to know what's going on between him and Mike Evans. Mike Evans was able to score a big touchdown within that game, but that should be consistent the way that they came out the gate last year, the way that he was attacking defenses going there. It's just some breakup or disarray, especially while you got O.J. Howard and Cameron Brate to take attention away from him. There's just some breakup, and I wonder what it is, but hopefully Tom Brady gets this figured out. But again, here he is sitting atop the NFC South, Yeah, Ty, we talked about it briefly at the beginning of this. I'm certainly not giving up on Tampa Bay. I think they're a team that could make it all the way again. I just think they're going to have to get right before the playoffs start. It looked like the Bucs were going to run away and hide in the South after that big-time 6-1 start. But now they only have a one-game lead on the Saints, a team that's been competitive, a team that I thought would be competitive. But looking at the Panthers, the Panthers' defense, Ty, is underrated. They're now 5-5. I don't think they're a threat in the division, but they're playing some pretty good football with the win over Arizona last week. Granted, Arizona didn't have Kyler Murray, but it was a nice win. They signed Cam Newton back, and he gave them a spark with two touchdowns. And the thing is, within this division, like you don't really know which team is going to come out and make a difference, but it's humbling watching the way that the Saints have been able to put this together uh, with Drew Brees being out and also watching Jameis Winston get injured. Getting them to like find themselves within this realm, and uh, they come up with a big loss up against Tennessee where they missed two extra points within this game also. The one thing that I'm going to say here and now, and I could care less on how people look at me, I'm sorry, PGF, but I want to see Cam Newton make it. For him to actually get back in there and score that touchdown and knew that he was going to get a penalty by taking his helmet off, screaming, I'm back to the world, and having Coach Rule high-five him, knowing that he has the support of the coach. I like that, and um, I don't care if this is his last season or if they sign him for another year or whatever. Carolina, I salute you. And the Atlanta Falcons, I I, I don't know what else to say about the situation with uh, you guys not only getting rid of Julio Jones, having a couple of games come together and then go to Dallas and not looking like you guys wanted to play football at all. This, This is troubling. I'm excited for Cam Newton. I'm really happy for him. This is a cool story. It's cool to see him come back to his old team, have some success. And I got to give props to the Carolina Panthers as well. They weren't going to throw in the towel after having some iffy quarterback play throughout the year. They found a way to try to upgrade the position and stay competitive by signing Cam Newton. I like it. And I think it's going to make them a competitive team here down the stretch. So it'll be fascinating to see what he can do here 
with the Panthers, but he's definitely off to a good start. As far as the Falcons, you're right. Atlanta has lost two of their last three. They're four and five. They got destroyed by the Cowboys. They're not out of the division, so to speak, but they don't feel like they could compete for it either. They play the Patriots on Thursday night football. We're going to touch on that game here in a little bit. It doesn't look good going forward, but Ty, we got through the division predictions, but now I want to look at the top five rookies in the NFL. We did a bunch of draft coverage before the season started, so I thought it'd be fun to kind of look at where these rookies are now that they've got some games under their belt. I'm going to give you my list, and you can tell me what you think here, Ty. At number one, I've got Micah Parsons. He was my pick for Defensive Rookie of the Year. He's been so good that he could actually be in the mix for Defensive Player of the Year. He's been outstanding for the Cowboys. At number two, I've got Jamar Chase. He's on pace to challenge three rookie records for receptions, receiving yards, and touchdown catches. The guy has been amazing. At number three, I've got Mac Jones, the quarterback for the Patriots, four wins in a row, and he looks better each week. He's on pace to break the rookie record for completion percentage. This guy is accurate. He's poised. He's got great touch. You've got to like what you've seen from Mac Jones. He's fitting in really nice in New England. At number four, I've got Najee Harris. He's one of only three players with over 500 yards rushing and over 250 yards receiving this season. Just a complete running back, and he's sixth in the NFL in rushing yards. He's been awesome for the Steelers and really brought some balance back to that offense. At number five, Aziz Ojolari. The Giants were in a bye, but going into the week, he was leading all rookies in sacks and is on pace for 12 plus this season. A couple honorable mentions that just missed the cut tie. Rashawn Slater of the Chargers, the tackle. He's been awesome. Patrick Sertan, the cornerback for the Denver Broncos, is playing like a veteran. Pat Fryermuth, the tight end for the Steelers. He's really come on these last couple weeks. And Odafi Owe of the Ravens, who's been a wrecking ball for the defense. The only other honorable mention I want to give a little credit to is Justin Fields. Um, he's actually been playing exceptional for Chicago, even though he's taking his lumps here and there uh, with a system that didn't really have a quarterback and no true receiving core. I mean, even though they do have pieces there, he's been doing okay, especially stealing a win in the middle of Las Vegas up against the Raiders, where the Raiders were actually playing well at that point. Yeah, Ty, the numbers don't jump off the page when you look at Justin Fields, but if you watch his tape, you have to like the progression you've seen from him throughout the season. It looks like he just gets a little better each week. I like the talent that he's flashed for sure. I think that's a great call, Ty. So I know we didn't look at any games last week. We're switching it up a little bit for this episode, Ty, but I still want to give out a Week 10 game ball for the NFL. Who do you got this week? the Dallas Cowboys defense, for them to shut down the Atlanta Falcons and hold them to three points, which that three points happened in the first quarter. The Falcons did not see a score, whether getting past the 50-yard line or not. They were picking Matt Ryan off left and right, turning them over to the point where Matt Ryan sat out and they put Rosen in and they still were picking them off. They were scoring left and right. It, it looked like the house of horror in the middle of Texas. I'm going with the Dallas Cowboys defense. I love that pick, Ty. I really like that pick a lot because this was a defense that got bullied the week prior versus the Broncos. We talked about it on this podcast. They got punched in the mouth, and they responded with a big-time effort the following week. So that's a great call, Ty. 
My week 10 game ball is going to go to Carolina Panthers running back Christian McCaffrey. He rushed for 95 yards on only 13 carries. For you doing the math at home, that's 7.3 yards per carry average, and he hauled in 10 catches on 10 targets for 66 yards. He's given this offense a big lift since his return from injury. It'll be fun to see him and Cam on the field again going forward. But Ty, with the episode dropping on Thursday, I thought it'd be a lot of fun to do a Thursday night football preview. We've got Patriots at Falcons on Fox. The Patriots have won five of their last six games after starting one and three and are four and oh on the road while the Falcons lost 43 to three at Dallas. We've talked about that in week 10 and they fell to four and five this season. What do you make of this matchup? I really feel like if this gets going the right way, I think the Patriots could actually take off in this game. What's troubling is how Vegas has this set. Even though I feel like the Patriots should be the favorite, it's at six and a half, which may get a lot of people to bite at the bait. But I still feel like the Patriots can still win this game. The six and a half can be questionable. I feel like the the Falcons will make this a game. But I really will still go with the Patriots at the end of the day. If Belichick takes away this strong weapon, I think he's going to have to focus on Matt Ryan alone. I think their offense is the strong point of this team. Their defense has not really been able to slow up people. I.e., as I just spoke about the uh, Cowboys situation with them putting up 40 on this team as well. I care less if it's in Atlanta, which this is taking place, or if it was in Massachusetts, I'm still going to go with the Patriots to pull this off. Yeah, this Patriots team is getting all kinds of praise for its rookie quarterback, who is now just behind Jamar Chase for favorite to win the Offensive Rookie of the Year. But it's the Patriots defense, Ty, and you talked about them. They lead this team. They're sixth best in yards per game allowed, and they're second in the league in points per game allowed. They're a big-time defensive unit that can get it done. The Falcons are 25th in yards per game on offense and 25th offensively in points per game so this is a mismatch here when you look at this offensive versus defensive matchup but this is going to be a big test for the Patriots you're taking a rookie quarterback on the road on a short week and on paper it looks like the Patriots should win easily Ty I totally get what you're saying here but right now I'm looking at it as the Patriots are a seven point favorite I've seen some other lines you said six and a half And the over-under is at 47.5. Which way are you leaning as far as betting this game, Ty? Again, like I said, I would actually lean toward the Patriots. I still feel comfortable going with Bill Belichick and how he tried to take team's strongest option away from them. Again, I say focus on trying to corral Matt Ryan, uh, putting pressure to him, even though I know he can run at times, but he's not the mobile quarterback that he was when he first came to the league. He's not that, that guy at all, unless he really sees a clear path in the middle of the field where he could just take off and pick up 10 to 15 yards. Other than that, he's a guy that's a sitting duck in the middle of the pocket. And if Pitts isn't being productive, them without Calvin Ridley as well, this is an uphill battle going up against a Bill Belichick prone team. Yeah, Ty, I'm looking around online. You're right. I'm seeing some sports books that have it at six and a half. Right now, Better Edge has them as seven point favorites. So depending on what line you get could certainly change things here. We know how pivotal it can be between the six and a half and a seven. I'm liking Atlanta, Ty. I'm on the other side here. Atlanta getting seven. Now, six and a half, I don't like as much. But at better edge, if you can get seven points at home, this line feels inflated after the Falcons got blown out last week and the Patriots destroyed the Browns. This line opened up most places, Patriots minus three, and then it quickly jumped to seven 
or six and a half in some cases, that tells me there's value on Falcons plus seven. So I'm going to lean that way, Ty, but I think it's a great breakdown by you. I'll be excited to watch this one, as I'm sure you guys will as well, PGF Nation. I wanted to touch on some college football, Ty, and shift gears here because one of the biggest brands in all of college football got dragged through the mud on Saturday. The Texas Longhorns lose to Kansas 57 to 56 in overtime at home. This has got me questioning all kinds of things in Texas. Is this coaching staff capable of turning it around, Ty? I don't think so. Um, I think that this year coming up is probably going to have to be their best recruiting job that they're going to have to do. But I'm I'm going to say this here and now. Steve Sarkeesian is not the guy to run a big-time university. He's been questionable across the board every location he's gone to. He has some highs. He has some lows. But for this loss to happen, I don't know if people know, but this is a number. 56 straight losses within the Big 12. So let's just say they play six to nine games. This is over a six-year span, and they have not been able to beat anybody within the Big 12. And this happened not only to Texas. This happened in Austin. This is disgusting. I do not like what Steve Sarkeesian has been able to do wherever he goes in college football. He's continually able to get a job, and it's just not acceptable at the end of the day. I'm, I'm not buying that, not one bit. It's a strong take, Ty, but you know what? I'm with you. Steve Sarkeesian is a guy that I think falls under that umbrella of a good coordinator. I think he's a guy that can make your offense better from a play-calling standpoint, but I don't think he's the guy to wear the head coaching hat. I am 100% in agreement with you on that. And you touched on it, Ty. Going into this game, Kansas had lost eight straight. They had lost 21 straight versus FBS teams, 18 straight versus Big 12 teams, and 56 straight games on the road versus Big 12 teams. Nobody had longer losing streaks in those categories than the Kansas Jayhawks. Kansas, they don't have three players who could start at Texas, Ty. You couldn't find three players on that roster that could play for the Longhorns or start for the Longhorns. This program is about to leave for the SEC, and they're going to become a total punching bag in that conference. It's an embarrassing loss, absolutely embarrassing loss for Texas. We know they're not the program that they once were, but there is no excuse for losing to one of the worst Power 5 programs in the entire country when you are the Texas Longhorns, and to do it at home is just ridiculous. There's no doubt about it, Ty. It's a strong take, but I'm totally with you. But we did our midseason report, so to speak, in the NFL. I wanted to take a look at the top five college football players. We did the top five rookies in the NFL, but I thought it'd be fun to kind of look at these top guys in college football. I'm going to give them to you, Ty, and you can tell me what you think here. At number one, I've got Kenneth Walker, the running back for Michigan State, 1,773 yards rushing, 17 touchdowns. He went for 143 yards and two touchdowns versus Maryland last week. He's averaging 6.5 yards per carry. He's been unstoppable all season. I know you've loved watching this guy play as well, Ty. We've talked about him on the show. Will Anderson is my number two player, the linebacker out of Alabama. If you haven't paid attention, you need to check this guy out. He leads the nation with 12 and a half sacks and is second in the nation to Utah's Devin Lloyd with 19 tackles for a loss. He's the Tide's best player on a team full of stars. 
That is a big-time statement, but I think he is that good. At number three, I've got Kenny Pickett, the quarterback for Pittsburgh, 3,517 yards passing. Those are big, big big-time numbers, 32 touchdowns, only four interceptions. Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, they don't have numbers that good. They're actually behind this guy. His numbers are better than those two, and he doesn't have NFL players all over the field like they do. He's the number one quarterback in the draft by a lot of people. Now, this is a weak quarterback class, but I've seen some analysts that have him all the way up at number one as far as a NFL prospect. I really like what I've seen from Kenny Pickett. At number four, Kayvon Thibodeau, the defensive end for Oregon. He's the number one prospect in the NFL draft by Mel Kuyper Jr. of ESPN, and he's number one for a reason. He gets more pressure on the quarterback than anyone in the country with a 21% pressure rate. He is a game wrecker with 34 tackles, six sacks, eight tackles for a loss, and two forced fumbles. He is a guy that can take over a game on the defensive side of the ball. And my number five player, Chris Olave. The wide receiver for Ohio State, 51 catches for 708 yards and 10 touchdowns. He defines big play wide receiver who averages almost 14 yards per catch. He seems to always make the big catch when the Buckeyes need it most. And he's a Bolitnikoff finalist. All right, Ty, let's put a bow on college football. We do it every week. The College Football Week 11 helmet sticker. Who gets your helmet sticker this week, Ty? And this was a pretty interesting week, to say the least, from across the board. There were a lot of games. But uh, I I will go with Pickett. Uh, Pickett had a good day up against North Carolina. 346 yards passing, three touchdowns. Pretty even game. Uh, 25 passes completed with 43 attempts. I'll go with an even kill. uh, Pickett to stay firm and, and be a part of the discussion that you threw out there as well. Yeah, I like that pick, Ty. He's just putting up incredible numbers. And like I said, he's doing it with good players. I don't want to discredit the Panthers, but he doesn't have NFL players all over the field like Alabama and Ohio State does. And this guy's putting up video game numbers. So I like that pick a lot, Ty. I'm really high on him. My helmet sticker is going to go to Wisconsin running back Braylon Allen. The freshman running back put on a show Saturday with 25 carries for 173 yards and three touchdowns. He also had 16 yards receiving. He broke a 37-yard run and averaged 6.9 yards per carry. Northwestern had no answers for this kid as number 18 Wisconsin cruised to a 35-7 victory. So Braylon Allen, you get the helmet sticker. But, Ty, it's time to wrap up the show like we always do with the Pick 6. Presented by Better Edge. Had a really nice week last week. Picked a lot of winners for you guys. Hopefully we can keep it going. Ty, why don't you kick it off with the Pick 6 this week? I'm going to start off with the unusual upset. I will take Wake Forest going into Death Valley up against Clemson, getting four points up against the Tigers. I think Wake Forest wins this game and keeps this top 10 ranking standing firm. I'm going Wake Forest. 
I like that pick, Ty. Wake Forest, a lot of people have kind of written them off after losing and falling out of the mix there with their undefeated season. But this is a team that's played really well. They still have a ton to play for. That ACC title, I'm sure, is something that they're aspiring for. My first pick, Ty, is going to be Ohio State. And I'm going to lay the 18 and a half versus Michigan State. This offense is clicking. They're coming off of a game with 626 yards of offense versus Purdue, who's been a pretty good defensive team. They're going up against Michigan State, who is dead last in the Big Ten in passing yards allowed versus one of the most talented group of wide receivers in the entire country and a red-hot quarterback in C.J. Stroud. I think Ohio State puts on a show in this one. Okay, and my next one, um, I know I'm being sneaky with this one, but this is one that they are actually trying to give us, or at least the way that I feel from my heart. This is a heart pick. I'm going with the University of Texas San Antonio to win their matchup up against UAB. Uh, they're undefeated. I don't think they can start losing right now. I, I feel like they can cover the seven. They've actually been taking care of business. I know UAB will probably give them a tough fight, but I don't think they should start losing right here, right now, potentially at the end of the season with everything on the line. I'm, I'm going with the Roadrunners. My next pick, Ty, is also in the state of Texas. I'm going to take the Houston Texans plus 10.5 versus the Titans. I know we talked about the Texans earlier in this in this episode. We talked about how bad they've been. I get it. They're terrible. And the Titans have won six straight. But this Titans team also lost to the Jets this year with Derrick Henry. So it's not like this Titans team can't be beaten quarterback Tyrod Taylor was awful in his first game back last week for the Texans, but I expect him to bounce back big versus the Titans secondary that gives up almost 270 yards a game. They're near the very bottom of the league, and this is a divisional game. So these games tend to be a little bit closer than most people think. Too many points for Houston versus a really beat up Titans team. And the last game I have is a trap game. And I don't really do trap games. I try to stay away from them as best as possible. The New York Jets beat the Dolphins in the Meadowlands, getting three from the Dolphins. The Dolphins are coming off of a big win up against the Ravens. I feel like Vegas is up to no good. I feel like the Jets can actually win this one while they beat the Titans at home. And they also beat the Bengals at home. This could be the third element of surprise. And actually having them having a tie record within their division. I'm going Jets over the Dolphins. I love that pick, Ty. I love that pick. I really do. This is a letdown spot for the Dolphins. I'm going to take for my last pick here, the Indianapolis Colts plus seven versus the Buffalo Bills. It's getting into that cold time of the season, especially up in Buffalo, and that's when you need to be able to run the ball. The Colts have one of the best running backs in the NFL and Jonathan Taylor, while the Bills can't run the ball. We've talked about it, Ty. We talked about it on this episode. Josh Allen is their second leading rusher, and he's not far from leading them in rushing. They blew out the Jets, so this line got inflated after a big, impressive win like that. The line got inflated. I feel like it's higher than it should be. Give me the Colts plus seven. If you enjoy the pick six betting segment, be sure to follow me on betteredge.com at Brad Fowler PGF, where I give out additional NFL and college football picks. All right, but that is going to do it for today's episode. Hope you enjoyed it, PGF Nation, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to the Pint Glass Football Podcast. 
Be sure to subscribe and follow us on Twitter at PGF Podcast.